Tony, do you ever feel like that sometimes we talk about things that we're not intelligent enough to talk about? All the time for the past 10 years. Now, what I'm referring to for this episode is going to be historical games. You and I have recently started to play more of this style games, and, mm-hmm. and we're not experts in this at all. There are many people, many content creators that know so much more about this, and, and you should go follow a lot of their stuff who are really into historical and war games. But as beginners or noobs into this genre, we just want to share some of our experiences of what we found. Maybe some games that are a good gateway to get into that which is thus the title that you've chosen for this, which is... Well, that's a clickbait title for sure, and that is Do Historical Games Suck for Beginners? Now, I will say this. If Mm -hmm. this was 10 years ago, uh, I might would have said yes to that question, but a lot of games have come out over this past six, seven years that has really changed my mind in that. I guess some of the stuff we're going to share. Now, I think you got into trying an historical game way before I did, right? Uh, yes, 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 yes. When I was a young chap of uh, maybe 12 years old, walked into a toy store and I saw these bookshelf games by Avalon mm-hmm. Hill and it, it intrigued me because, did you have the little green army men? Oh yeah. And I, suppose, I also had, the, I love the ones that had a little parachute attached to it and mm-hmm. I'll go on my, I get on the roof of my house and throw them and it would, you know, the parachute. Okay. You're living more dangerous than me because- <laughs> My little parachute guys, you'd stick on a rubber band shooter thing and go, Oh, no, I had to get some height and throw them off. You had to get some height on that. So, well, for me, you know, we would, I'd set up all the army guys in the back of the um, yard and I would get my BB gun Mm -hmm. and I would, I would practice shooting them. You're going to put your eye out with that. Not if I was on the other, not if I was on that end where I was holding it like this. Yeah. But not (laughs) if I'm on the trigger side of it. Christmas story. You know. I know what it, yeah, put your eye out, bounce it off something. Yeah. Anyway, so any, I go in there and I, 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 and I'm like, oh man. So something about army and playing army and mm-hmm. playing war and that kind of stuff. So I saw on the bookshelf uh, at this toy store, Avalon Hill Panzer Leader, published in 1974. And I, I didn't wow. get into 1974 because I would have been seven years old, but I was around 12-ish. I brought that game home. I was very excited because we were playing a lot of games on the back porch and I was tired of the monopoly, the clue. And, and I love Stratega. I don't consider, do you consider that a historical game? No. And I think, but that was one of my favorite games to play. Mm-hmm. So I needed more challenge than just moving pieces. And is this number greater than this number or less than however you want to play the Stratega. And I, I got home. I was so excited, opened the box and I felt really gypped because in that box was nothing but cardboard and a huge freaking rule book <laughs> so it wasn't little plastic army man it was a little no. cardboard chits <laughs> I'm, i didn't look at the back of the box i was thinking i was gonna have little tanks and little army guys and i was gonna <laughs> yeah. be moving them around the board i mean seriously that, i did think sure. that. and oh i remember getting this thing and then so i started punching it and then i started reading the rules and i'm like i am so lost and this back then, you did not have videos on how to play. You didn't have the internet. You didn't even have dial up. So it was on your own to do exactly what your shirt says. Read the rules. Yeah. For those listening to the podcast that said, I have a wearing a shirt that says, read the rules. No, I read the rules so you don't have to. So you don't have to. Mm-hmm. And so I was going to teach all my friends. A couple pages in, screw that. 
There was no way I was going to get through. Put Done. it in the box. Put it in the closet. I never saw that again. Game again. My mother probably got rid of it when she emptied the closet, along with my Micronauts and my other really cool toys. I must say, so, if you still would have had that, it would have been in immaculate condition and would actually be pretty cool to have today. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Kind of like my uh, my uncles. I, I'd always see when I'd go over to my aunt and uncle. I'd always see his little uh, shelf of stuff, and I actually have it now. Is his Battle of Gettysburg game? Yeah. So, and I even opened it up. I pulled it out and opened it up. And so I'm ready to play that sometime. But yeah, I've always had that intrigue because I've always wanted to relive history. Right. Now, and, and it's funny when you think of historical games like or, or war games, the first thing that comes to mind is going to conventions and you see these guys in the corner of the convention hall uh, with uh, standing around. Whoa, large- whoa, I don't know what they're doing. Oh, oh, you're talking about people playing games. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Standing around a large map and there's okay. a bunch of little hex spaces on this map and they have these little tiny square cardboard tokens all over the map with numbers on them and then they're moving in them and rolling dice and it's like, that looks really cool, but looks pretty intimidating to me. So mm-hmm. it was one of those things I never really looked into, but I was always interested in. And you had mentioned like... Um, you know, what makes it, I guess we should define what is an historical game. We actually reached out to Howard Buchanan, uh, who is an historical game designer. And we said, what is it? And he says, oh boy, that's a whole Twitter storm on what a war game is and historical game. I said, I don't want to get into no Twitter storm. And he just kind of gave me like an, a, a, a definition I kind of like. It's like an historical game would be like one where a designer is tr- taking historical period and trying to recreate what happened in history in gameplay. So mm-hmm. it's not necessarily a game with a pasted on theme. It's not like you take a standard Euro where you're trading stuff and that could be anything. There's a lot of Euro games based on historical something, but you're not simulating or emulating history. Uh, whereas historical games, you're trying to recreate things. Prime example, battles, right? You're talking about the Panzer. You're trying to recreate conditions and battles on a battlefield. And that's what drew you into that. So that's kind of the definition that we're going to go with is that it's a game that's trying to recreate an historical situation that players can experience and play through. Right, because I'm better than any of the other generals in history. That's what I want to recreate. I'm the one. So you're, you're more interested in, and we call this historical games as opposed to war games, because a lot of the games that we're going to talk about that we've experienced ourselves aren't necessarily little army men shooting each other. It's recreating other types of events too, with not necessarily being a game where it happens during a war or during a battle. But uh, so as I was reading our show notes from that standpoint, I knew where you were going with this, but for me, for me Mm -hmm. personally, I am more interested in the historical aspect of it, especially the periods of history, World War II, um, Mm -hmm. Civil War, and trying to understand more what's behind that. And then I agree that we've been putting a lot of games on the table that I'm learning more about history, so it can add to my knowledge, which, by the way, I was three credit hours from having a minor in history. But that's I okay. didn't know that. Three. Mm. So, yeah. <laughs> should have gone back to school and taken one more class. I shouldn't have t- taken that coaching golf course is what I should have not done. <laughs> That's or that stupid story. weather co- weather course you made me take. <laughs> We've already talked about that in the past. Just leave the weather cl- course behind. Oh, but yeah. So that to me is is the thing that intrigues me about these historical games. And I guess I'm more towards the war theme. And mm-hmm. I and I don't know if it's because video games. When we go talk, think about video games, some uh, 
favorite video games were the the war based games like um, the submarine games, the tank Company of games, Heroes, uh, Company of Heroes, mm-hmm. um, all of that. Even even when you and I were in the arcades, you know, Battlezone was that the name of the one with the tank? The tanks, yes, that's right. Yeah, yes. So you know, those were some of my favorite games to play, and I guess it always made me think that. I'm not in that situation, thank goodness, but I get to imagine, hey, this is what it'd be like. This is, you know, take me to that point. I think what's been the draw for me too is like you said, just learning stuff. It's like history is mm-hmm. interesting and there's so many things you realize. I don't know about any of this stuff. A lot of the games that we're going to be talking about, it's like things I didn't even know about. And then you play it and you go, oh, okay, I've learned a little bit today. And l- let's just go ahead and jump into it. I-, I know one thing for me is for years, I saw the number one game on BGG was Twilight Struggle. And that was a Cold War type game. Wasn't necessarily a lot of battles, but it was trying to influence and and take over areas of Europe and stuff like that. It looked a little too much for me. And then in about 2016, a game came out called 13 Days, which is based on the Cuban Missile Crisis. And it's like a trimmed down version of Twilight Struggle where the the gameplay is kind of similar. You have a, a a common deck of cards and each of you are dealt a hand of cards and depending on what they are, you can take certain actions. And a lot of it's kind of like area control on a map. Mm-hmm. It's kind of what ended up being, but it was like that taste of what twilight struggle when is in a lot simpler form, two player game plays in like 60 minutes or less. And that was one of my first entries into something like that. Now I think you've gone on experience twilight struggle through the video game. I'll play a full game of that, right? Oh yeah. Multiple times. I still don't understand what the heck I'm doing, but a lot of that comes down. That's where, okay. That's where you need to bring the video game back to the table because of the card interactions and understanding victory conditions and, and all of that comes into play. And I think that's one of those things where I did not get to appreciate twilight struggle and all of its glory because I was just basically throwing cards out, not understanding what they were doing. Right. Okay? Right. And, and you have twilight struggle that I think is still in, premium shrink it is i've never dude it is so sad the number of historical games that i've gotten that i've interested in haven't gotten to the table and to me because a lot of it's still intimidation it's like a a prime example you and i are very interested in an 18xx games so we bit Mm -hmm. the bullet you and i have gotten one i've i've bought the upgrade kit we're dedicated we're going to sit in and learn it that is not a gateway game, y'all. I'm not suggesting 18XS is a gateway. gateway. It's, it's not. But going back to the Twilight Struggle-ish type games, another game that kind of had that same feel that was hist- uh, uh, bound in history that was really interesting was Watergate that came out from Capstone. Two-player game, plays in like 30 to 45 minutes or something like that. Again, unique card play. Each of you are playing different sides, and it's very easy to learn. It was very successful, and that was another good entry point into historical games. In fact, I was several months ago, I taught my dad how to play. He's not a gamer at all. He was able to pick up on it and play the game, so I thought that was a really good entry, too, to that style of game. Yeah, it's definitely an entry, and it's almost, to me, an entry point even in the historical reference. To me, a game like this has to be, in, in this text, a game where you really the game teaches you hard history or the history comes at you screaming Watergate, Not so much. Okay. I mean, I mean, it's a great game. Don't get me wrong. The the mechanics of it and everything about how that game works is a great game, but did it teach me about the Watergate, the Nixon years or anything like that? If I were to put up, I've let Rebecca play it. 
Mm-hmm. And and she taught it to her fiance, and and they enjoy playing that game when they get the chance. But I asked him, I said, do you understand anything about it? Or from, did it intrigue you to go learn about that history? Mm, no, not really. Okay. Great game. Yeah. Great game. Great entry-level game that may draw you in. And you say, well, maybe I do need to. And I think that's something we need to also explore about these games. For me, the gameplay doesn't make, it, it doesn't suck. The gameplay is amazing. But it can be uh, daunting. But these that you're talking are not. No, no. Another one in that similar vein is recently, within the past year, you and I played two games that are somewhat similar to each other. Uh, Fort Sumter, uh, which was from Mark Herman and GMT Games. This was a very simple game. Uh, both you and I are interested in the Civil War and everything. And another uh, card play type game, somewhat similar Twilight Struggle. Again, a lot of it's kind of area control. There's no battles you're not fighting or anything like that. It's like having influence in different realms, political space, uh, the public space, etc. We played that and it was, for experienced gamers, people may feel like that's a little too too simple. I remember we played it and it was like, it's good. But when we got uh, Red Flag over Paris, which is like that style of game, but a little bit more in depth uh, from Fred Serval, that's where that style of game really clicked. And in that game, they added some new mechanics, how the gameplay or the card play works and everything like that. Again, it felt like an area control game, but it plays in 60 minutes or less. And actually learned something in that about, uh, uh, you know, uh, the communists in, in Paris and all this. And, and, and as you're playing the game, the, the cards have all this information and you feel the, this tension between two sides trying to take over the areas and, and influence the public and, and take over government and everything like that. So from that one, I actually did learn a little bit that I did not know before. Okay. Once again, flipping it on from how you're discussing it. For me, for me to pick up a game like that, I need to know a little bit something about the history. Okay. And I think I would shy away from, I appreciate the opportunity to play these games, but is it one that I'm going suddenly red flags over Paris? I don't know anything about that. You know, for a historic, for someone who's entering in this, I think what's key to them is that they have a little history in the background. So you're saying that maybe people who are interested in getting into this is find a topic that you're interested in. Absolutely. And and, okay. So I've given uh, examples that you weren't too crazy about. So give me an example of from your perspective that you think is a good entry way. No, 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 it's not. I'm not, not too crazy. I I enjoyed all these. Don't, don't get me wrong. It's like, okay, of this list that you said, which ones would grab me? And it would be Fort Sumter. Mm -hmm. Okay. As far as, you know, the Twilight Struggle clones, mm-hmm. that one I think would draw me in. So if you're interested in, you don't want the little chits on the mat and that kind of stuff. These are excellent card playing games. And there's a ton of them out there probably. I don't know which ones they are because I really haven't investigated it. But these are perfect. If if I were to pick up out of all these, Fort Sumter would hit the table. Mm, okay. Only because of the Civil War and because of, you know, North Carolina, South Carolina, where, where we live, I'm more familiar with that history, which would drive me towards it. Then I would learn a game mechanic of these cards, which would then say, oh, I like this mechanic. And that's what I think with people who, who you know, oh, I, these history games, I don't want to. Okay, first off, look at it from the standpoint of the game mechanic behind it. If this is something in history that you enjoy, it may lead you to Twilight Struggle, Watergate those kinds of things. And I think that's very important for people to realize that when you're looking at do historical games suck for beginners? No, they, yes, but no, 
Because well, it can lead you to better games. Yeah. And I mean, here's the thing. All the games. games we've talked about so far are within the made within the past seven, eight years. Yes. That's why I was saying if this was 10 years ago, I might have a, a different opinion. So here, here's the thing. You you say you're more into, uh, into the more war and battle recreation. So what's some of your recommendations for people who want to get into that style of game? Well, let me tell you, it would be nice if I would play them so I could recommend them. Because my shelves, like yours, is full. I have played Hitler's Reich. Is that a beginner-style game? Oh, God, no. See, that's just it. No, no, that's, that's what I'm saying. It, it's an entry point. I mean, I, my shelves are full of stuff, too. But it, okay. It's, okay, that's fair. That's fair. So the first one I'm going to pull out is one of our favorites, and that is from Mr. Thompson and Mr. Benjamin, and that is from the Undaunted series. Okay. Yep. Okay. If I you, want you talk to, about Trevor Benjamin, David Thompson from Osprey Games, yeah. yes. Osprey Games. I am going to, if I want to teach uh, someone a war game, that is one I would pull out just because the mechanics are very good. They're easy to learn. And I think that's one of the ones I would pull out. Well, for those that haven't played, it's a, it's a deck building game. I think that's one of those, if you're coming from a board gaming background and it's like, I want to get into historical games. What's a good, what's something good to get into? I don't want to push little chits around the board yet. Well, do you like deck building games? Hey, well, here's a deck building game that's based on World War II and recreates battles. And through card play, you have a map that's built up based on different scenarios. And actually, the first one was what? Uh, Normandy. The second release was North Africa. And now they have uh, Stalingrad that's out. So you have all these different periods during World War II. You play through scenarios where you set up a map and through the card play, you're moving uh, little unit markers around the board. You're attacking each other. You're rolling dice. So there is direct conflict and battle uh, mm-hmm. with that style of game, but with a mechanic that people are very familiar with. Yeah, I agree. I think that's a really good recommendation. And I also, yeah, I also think it brings it into great uh, teaching you about line of sight and all of that stuff. When you go to the next level, mm. here's here's an example of line of sight and what that means. So. Yes. So for, for me, those are, that's a great one to put on the table to teach a beginner. Uh, if they want to want to play a type of war game before you break off these heavy GMT games. Right. Right. And that game is not a GMT. It's, it's Osprey. 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 I think I yeah. said that earlier. Yeah. But, but, and I think that's what enters my mind whenever I hear about historical or these heavier games, I run to DVG and GMT, which are two of the publishers who, who do these games. Mm-hmm. And, Yes, and I find myself on miniature market. Whenever they have a big sale, I type in GMT, type in DAVG, and I look at her. Is any of this on sale? Real quick, I'm going. Do I need this in my collection? It needs to sit next to that shrink wrap uh, of another game I got. Okay, so what about you? If, so, if you were to recommend, let's go to the next level. Let's go to to the beginner. You know, the beginner's level. What game would you put on the table for them? Yeah, I, I, um, again, a good. It's sticking with World War II theme. I think a classic uh, for people to try out. It's Memoir 44. Mm-hmm. I think that's a very approachable, accessible game. You do actually, with Memoir 44, you do have little miniatures. You got little army men and little tanks and little you know cannons and stuff that you're pushing around a board. But the gameplay is very simple. You have a hand of cards. Typically, you're going to play a card. You either activate maybe your left side, the right side, the center tells you what to activate uh, it teaches you line of sight. It teaches you how different units may have different stats uh, based on who you're attacking. You're going to have some little some dice rolls to determine damage and everything like that. I think Memoir 44, uh, even though it's been around since what, um, 2000, something, I don't know, uh, 2003, 2004. Mm-hmm. I think I looked it up. Anyway, um, that is designed by uh, Richard Borg. 
And there's been a lot of different expansions and and for from MMR 44. So I think that's a classic one to get into. Which then can make you jump off into the little wood piece on games. Uh, uh, the command and colors, which colors, you and I yeah. played Ancients. Do you, yeah. Would you consider that beginner though? No. no. Okay. First there are off, some scenarios yeah. that are super short, but I think that's yeah. probably a little more, more involved. But, I, but first off, you got to put stickers on, on cubes. Yeah. And I, yeah. I, I think that would... Uh, see, <clears throat> you get a beginner and he opens up that and suddenly sees a whole lot of cardboard or a bunch of stickers that's going to turn him off. Yeah. So, no, it, so it, I think me. But now seeing a little army man going pew, 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 pew. Okay, you know, I'm a little more interested in that because that's exactly how guns sounded in World War II was pew, 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 pew. Uh, that's how I heard it in uh, Saving Private Ryan. <laughs> so pew, 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 pew. Actually, yes. But then, I mean, when you look at other games for beginners, there was a game growing up, you know, Battleship. I don't know if I call that a historical <laughs> game. What do you mean it's not a historical game? I don't know if I call that a historical game. Okay. What about Sub Hunter? Well, that's the I, one. Or, I don't know. Or that Chopper one. Lift. Chopper or, Lift. Oh, wow. I remember, uh, was it Chopper Assault, Chopper Strike? I had that as a, as a Chopper kid. Strike, that's it. A kid, a kid too, yeah. Mm. Yeah, Yeah. I don't know if I would consider that a good. But, but so growing up when I had the Sub Hunt game, which was like Battleship, but had the three levels, mm-hmm. it made me want to buy, because of what I enjoyed, my Silent Victory U.S. Submarines in the Pacific, which I have opened, read the rules, but never played. I just how sad I am. Is it a beginner-style game? But then again. When you make that mistake, got it. <laughs> you kind of, you kind of like. Ah, do well, I really want to Is there something there? you can recommend? Is there something maybe you found that I you play move you into that? Oh man, ah, uh, you know, for our, hmm, I don't know. I really don't. I don't okay. know. Okay. I, I mean, I, I think say- of all our beginner games. Yeah, so, okay, another beginner game. I'm just going to keep going down. I got, I got a list of them here. Yeah, uh, he does. It's about a year, year and a half ago. Uh, Fort Circle Games and designer Kevin Bertram released Shores of Tripoli. E. Uh, you know the song, Halls of Montezuma. Oh, yeah. And by the way, he's making a game called Halls of Montezuma, which I think okay. is, is really cool. So, uh, Shores of Tripoli, e, I've heard that term. I did not know any idea the historical aspect of what was going on. In this game, there's a nice booklet that explains to you uh, what is happening during this time in, in North Africa and with the U.S. Navy, and it ends up being uh, there are battles. You're, you're deploying ships into the ocean. Uh, you're uh, uh, deploying uh, armies onto the land, and you attack each other. And again, through some really clever card play mechanics, the card play in this is wow, so good. Oh, the art is absolutely amazing. The production is top notch. I play that game a lot and it plays two player like 45 to 60 minutes, but the rules are very straightforward. Mm-hmm. You're recreating what's happened in the shores of Tripoli. I learned a lot and I think it's a, another good game for beginners to get into because I know a lot of people who enjoy that game who really have never played a lot of historical games. Yes. And um, what was the one I was just thinking of? Oh, shoot. Uh, uh, it'll come to me. But yeah, okay. great game. Enjoyable game. And then even when you go back into the other times, I mean, uh, the Celts and, and uh, Viking war games, there's that. Would you consider any of the, uh, I can't even think of the name of the publisher that. that oh, has you're talking about Academy Games? Yeah, Academy uh, Games. Academy Would Games. Would you consider any of those? I, 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 beginner, ugh, I don't know if I consider, I don't know if I consider a beginner, 
But those mm-hmm. are really interesting because they cover different different periods. There is the Viking themed game. Uh, right. There's a Revolutionary War themed games from them. Um, I can't remember the name of that series that they make. Um, mm-hmm. But it's uh, I, I don't know if I would consider that one uh, beginner though. Now personally. I would consider this one. Whoops, would be a real big. And for those who are listening on the podcast, that would be D Day Dice. If you're really? listening on the podcast, get over onto the YouTube channel. So, to drive D-Day up our Dice? Food. I've never played this. I know. I want you to play it. Is it a, I mean, it's a, you consider that a historical game? Oh, yeah, definitely. You're storming the beaches of Normandy. Does it kind of recreate the battles, though? Yeah, it okay. does. But, but instead of cards and card play, you're rolling dice and okay. taking some names on the beaches of Normandy. So, all in all, yes. And, I mean... I enjoy the dice rolling. So I'm always looking forward to, to playing something along those lines. You, you definitely, I think that's where you and I probably differ. I enjoy clever card play and you're definitely more into rolling a, a chunk and a handful of dice and determining hits and damage and all that. It sounds like mm-hmm. definitely more uh, than memoir 44 side. Yeah. It, it doesn't upset me the randomness of it, but yeah, that's fine. Yes. Yeah. See, if Memoir 44 had come out when I was 12 years old and that was on the shelves instead of Panzer, mm-hmm. oh, I would have been full tilt bozo over the deep end on that. Now, it's really interesting. I've Did you play Axis and Allies? I was going to ask you that question. That's coming back out. I'm very excited. I've never played it. Me either. So I don't know if that's considered beginner entry. Not sure at all. Renegade has got the uh, publishing rights from Avalon Hill. And they're going to be bringing that out, and we're going to be getting a copy of it and covering it later on this year. So I'm very excited to play Axis and Allies, because that is an older game uh, that has a lot of history behind it. Now, one thing about for beginners is we talked about you know positioning of armies mm-hmm. and being able to tactically take advantage of that, your strategy from, behind, from, from that standpoint. And I think when you and I recently played Fire and Stone, Siege of Vienna, that rolls into your card play. It rolls mm-hmm. into my dice chucking and it also takes you to the next level where you have to strategize how are you going to move up the map how are you going to position yourself flanking it's very light don't i understand don't everybody yell at me about oh there's no tactical no no but that's that's the whole purpose of this podcast or this this episode is to talk about entry games into historical type games and that from uh, that game from capstone games and designer uh robert delesky is definitely one that I really enjoy. The production's top notch. You get to move, move little cannons around on the board and everything like that. You and, did. Uh, I didn't. Mine were stationary. <laughs> oh, that's another Suck. cool thing too. Is you're playing uh, asymmetric goals. So uh, one side's basically trying to protect, defend uh, their area. The other person's trying to siege it and take it over. So the both sides play differently. They both have different, um, there's like concept of because somebody's behind inside of a fort, they get some bonuses to this and that one's more mobile than the other. So yeah, for sure. Uh, fire installed siege of Vienna, a uh, siege of Vienna just came out last year. Really, really good, uh, entry in, into that game. And from a very popular publisher too, not GMT or DVG. Right. So, and we've been talking a lot about the historical war games. But there's there's space games that you can do same same. I know that's not historical. That's not historical. See, I'm, I was right. really sticking yeah. to historical only. Yeah, and that's fine. And let's say you're not into that. I just saw my my backup shelves over here. Another one that is very historical mm-hmm. that um, teaches you something, and that is uh, 
black orchestra for those of you on listening to the podcast there and and that this is a co-op game yeah but is is that had a historical game are you trying to recreate stuff or is that just a theme pasted onto a game well you are trying to uh take out hitler you're in that uh what was it tom cruise movie where he was trying to kill hitler yeah, but uh, again, that's historical. Well, I understand that, but uh, I can mention at a thousand, a thousand, a hundred Euro games you and I have played over the past ten years too that have an historical theme pasted onto it, but it's not an historical game. So, so I think that's where we have. I, I appreciate your definition of it. Is if we are a group of people trying to go out and assassinate Hitler, and that was an actual history event. Is that historical? Well, it depends on how the game plays. I, yeah, I think an historical game could, for sure, do that. Does that game do that? I don't yes. remember. I think I played it once. Okay. I don't think you've ever played it with me. I don't think I have. I think I played it with Richard Launius many, many, many years ago. Okay. Many, 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 many years ago. Okay. Mm-hmm. But you, you bring up an excellent point, you know? Where is the teaching moment? You're right. Is it a pasted on theme? Could they could they could have made this anything? This could have been about the assassination that created started World War One. This could have been an assassination uh, any time, you know. Mm-hmm. So, is it a historical game? And as long as it, there's a teaching moment, is it true what it what it did? And I think maybe that's it. Is it a true recreation? Regardless of the outcome. Mm, there you go. Yeah. Okay. Cause that's, that's true. This there's, there may be some fiction in that game. It's been a while since I've played it. Right. Um, so is, if there's fiction to it, then no, it's not a historical game. Right. Um, another one that is a really short game from nuts publishing, a uh, 30 minute game, 300 earth and water, which is recreating, uh, the Greeks, uh, 300 versus, uh, do you remember the movie? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah. got the little cubes that we had the two little cubes on the board. You have, if you're playing as the Greeks, you have very limited forces. If you're playing as the, oh my gosh, the history, is it Persians? Mm-hmm. The Persians. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a huge, large force and a lot more resources, but the way the game is designed, you can see that uh, the, uh, the, the 300, the Greek forces are very strong. They're very stout. They're hard to get rid of, but the Persians just have the numbers to me, that was a very simple game, easy to learn, but kind of recreated what had really happened during that time. And you can feel the tension when you're playing as the Greeks, you see that you're outnumbered and you got to play really clever. But if you're playing as the Persians, you got to realize, holy cow, they're really hold up in there and they're hard to get out. How am I going to get those guys out of there and take them over? So with the historical for beginners on this side, easy to teach, easy to play with that. Yeah. Oh, heck Yes. Okay. Heck yeah. Uh, e- easily. 300, I think, is one of my favorite kind of entry-level games because you get to learn a, bit, a little bit about history, asymmetric gameplay, and your goals are kind of historical simulations of what happened back then. So I, I'm curious on the list, I put games by David Thompson again because I love how he will design some games based on small snippets in mm-hmm. history that were huge. And like Soldiers and Postmen Uniform, Castle Itter, Lazarus Ridge, those games. Do you consider those beginner games because of 
it's there's small snippets in history and could you easily it's a single player or possibly two player do you consider those beginner games i've only played lazarus ridge as it's a solo game personally i would not say it's okay. an intro game personally because i remember when i learned that game i actually had to reach out to david it's like how does this work How's this work? Okay. <laughs> and he was really kind and helped me out and everything like that. I, I, I'm thinking if it's like if, if somebody has, all right, y'all. Here's the thing: is if you have a lot of experience in board games, no doubt you could pick up these games and you could learn them. Right? If you learn the rules to some of the more complicated euros and stuff, you could sit down and get through this rule book and learn it. But there is that intimidation factor of like, oh, you know, when you open up. A, if y'all ever seen a GMT rule book. They're they're not pretty books with glossy pages and big images and very few words per page. They're double column. They're they're numbered almost like a contract, a legal document. That's just how they're formatted. And even in that, can be a little intimidating. Yeah. And the reason why I put the, those games on there is because they're single player. A lot mm-hmm. of the games that we've mentioned have been two player. So where is that historical single player game mm-hmm. that you were coming? That's why I was wondering about those. And, and there's plenty of them because a lot of the GMT, unfortunately, they are not like games. Right. Okay. Right. Uh, but a GMT game uh, that is, I, I mentioned Harold Buchanan earlier. He came out with a game last year called Flashpoint South China Sea. Not a war game. So it's not a, a battle game like you might be interested in, but it's basically the conflict between uh, basically the U.S. And, and that region of the world between China and the U.S. trying to influence and control that area. So it's definitely more of, uh, the theme is more like Twilight Strugglish where you're trying to gain influence and uh, control certain areas, the media, the propaganda and everything that's going on in that area during that time. Uh, that game is also two-player, 60 minutes, but it's a very small rule book. For a GMT rule book, it's one of the more accessible rule books. It's easy to read. It has examples. Uh, plus, it just teaches you a lot about what was going on uh, during that mm-hmm. time uh, in in that region. And I may be wrong, but I think the name of this is Flashpoint colon South China Sea. I think, and I'll correct this in a future episode if I'm wrong, that Harold's going to has the idea of Flashpoint being a type of game with different themes. Okay. Where it's going so, to use the same style of mechanic, almost like a coin style game, uh, levy and campaign, which are both GMT style games. But Flashpoint being a style of game in different eras. Okay. So pick the various situations where a, a boil over point, a flashpoint occurs. Yeah, okay. exactly. Yeah. It's like there's like, tensions are really high sort of deal. Yeah. How do you diffuse the tensions mm-hmm. where I'm already into that tension? Give me some yeah. tension. I won't, I won't wipe the other person off the face of the earth. Show me how to do it. So uh, it's funny how, you know, when we were talking about this episode, and I appreciate you leading this discussion because for my discussion point, it was just going to be, what are you looking forward to in historical? Why would you go into the historical games? But here you are actually providing a service to the listeners. How dare you, sir? Okay. Let's talk about, we can talk about that for a second. Why do you get into us? Why, why the interest recently in historical games? Uh, well, we covered it a little bit on the last episode. I do know that some time is going to erode a little bit now and, or not erode time is going to be, I'm time's going to be more my friend and I will be able to sit down and set up these type of games, these type of historical games, especially the solo games. So that's why I'm getting into them because it's also what I enjoy. Also, I think I'm getting kind of tired 
of, I don't want to say the nature games, but just, I'll say this is stuff I enjoyed. <laughs> yeah, I know you will. I don't mind the nature games. Like, like some people, I don't mind them, but I, you know, this is stuff. Like I said, I was three hours away from being a history major and or minor in history. Mm -hmm. And because I enjoyed history. Okay. You know, anytime that I can to learn it, that's why I'm getting into them. What more can I expand on my knowledge of these events or what new events can I learn about? There's a, you know, whole kinds of games out there that I need to look into that. Maybe I'm interested a little bit in history and in my interest in board gaming. Let's <clears throat> bring the two together. Let's merge them and I'll learn something and I'll have a good time doing it. I don't have anything to add to that. That is the exact reason that it interests me too. Um, GMT games in particular. No, most historical games that we've mentioned, usually in the rule book, have details on the, from the designer. Here's why I did this. Here's why this is designed this way. Here's the situation I'm trying to recreate. And I think that is super interesting. And then to see it play out. Mm -hmm. I too am very interested in history. And I too am getting kind of tired of some of the themes of the, uh, of the board games. It, it you said nature games, but I, honestly, there's just a lot of games when I see, okay, I've never played it, but I know it's extremely popular and those who play it have loved it. And I probably would like it if I played it. Flamecraft is a very popular game. And I just see a box with cute little dragons and blowing mm. fire. And I'm like, I, I, it just doesn't draw me in. But then I'll see a game <laughs> of, you know, two guys on a battlefield during the Civil War or something like that. And I go, ooh, that looks kind of interesting. <laughs> Where because somebody of else, history. <laughs> right. Somebody else will go, that is boring. And I get that. But for me, it's mm -hmm. like, it's kind of piquing my interest now. And a lot of historical games are like that. And, and what I, what's interesting to me is even the ones I don't know anything about. Okay, um, prime example, I'm getting into levying campaign games, which are not, I'm looking straight in the camera, not a beginner style game. Don't. Don't even do it. So <laughs> there are going to be some more entry level levy and campaign games, campaign games coming, but uh, not those. Um, these things I've from like 1200 or, you know, 1100 AD. I don't know any of these conflicts are going on in Sicily. And all of a sudden I'm reading about it and going, that's really interesting that the, mm -hmm. the Christians and the Muslims were fighting like this over this territory and all that stuff. It's like, it's just interesting to me. And then to recreate it in gameplay is just fun. Yes, because you think you can take, you can do a better job. Well, right now I am doing a better job against Ignacy and levying campaign games. He's playing the the uh, Teutons. Teuton, I always say that wrong. Mm. Teutons. I, I don't know what you're <laughs> referencing. I have no clue. See, that's part of history that I would like to know more about. Uh, let, let's let's be versus, very clear versus, here. Hold on. Versus Russia. And right now, I'm, he he took her from my stronghold, and I have a huge force sitting out the stronghold getting ready to take him over, and he's scared to death because he knows he's going to lose because he sees a huge mass of forces outside of his walls. That is cool because we're recreating this siege of a stronghold, which I think is unique and, and fun. You know, someday we'll play Stronghold Undead, too. Yeah, uh, that that's not historical, I don't think. Might be, who knows? It might be, I don't know. But it's history. Mm -hmm. And I know, you know, from a history standpoint, you learn from history, you, you, you educate yourself, and I think a lot of that has to do with why I'm into these games. Now, this is coming from somebody who complained I did a 45-minute history lesson on Cuba Libra when I taught it to you. <sighs> 
how do I say this nicely? <laughs> Maybe if there was some production behind it. Maybe if we had some special effects. <laughs> but sitting there talking to me about it, while I got a game I need to play on the table here, let's move forward here. How about how about injecting the history into it while I'm playing? Okay, That's, I can do that. The I've gotten better. The last time I taught it, okay. it was a very short history lesson. As we played the game and went through the event deck, I explained things that were going on. Of course, the event cards helped. Uh, but here's the thing. I knew nothing about how Castro took over Cuba. Came to order. Mm. I, I knew he did it, how he did it, and why, I don't know. But playing that game three or four times now, I have a, I, I'm not a master by any means, but I have a much better understanding of what really happened during that time. And that's right. cool to me. But how did that help you build onto 13 days? That you do know. Yes. Yes. I, yeah. Yeah. Ex exactly. Because, you know, Castro came into power. He made so, friends with the Russians, blah, 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 blah. And it kind of goes on from there. And yeah, it kind of builds on each other. Yeah. So right now I'm learning how to play Fire in the Lake. I am learning about stuff that happened during the Vietnam War and knew nothing about. Super excited as I play through this game, learning about that. And as I play other, you and I want to play Colonial Twilight, the two-player coin game. Again, none of these are beginner games, not saying that. But it's another part of history I know zero about, but I know once I start playing, I'll learn something. Where did I do a lot of studying on um, the Vietnam War? I think it was at State. There was a something we did. I may have mm -hmm. been a class or something. I know I did the the uh, chivalry, the Middle Ages, and things like that. But there's a lot of stuff I knew behind it. That's why I'm so excited about Fire and Lake when you learn that. Mm -hmm. You can give me the 10-minute history lesson on the, the whole campaign of it. Um, but all in all, but then again, it's also all the movies I've watched. Right. And, it, and it's kind of curious. How does that, you know, help me? How much is wrong from the movies? You know, it's like, we're getting to do two things at once. We're having fun and learning at the same time. It's scary. It's scary. <laughs> I don't know no. if I would, cons I don't, we, we just recently in our last episode covered a game, uh, 1815 scum of the earth, uh, which is a card uh, playing game uh waterloo this battle of waterloo basically one person plays as uh, the, the french, french. one plays as the english yeah uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah duh marty just say it um i it's one of those that i don't know that it really recreates uh that real battle B but you, you do learn as you're playing the game how the forces had to build towards that final battle of waterloo you learn the players that took place you know, mm -hmm. the people that were there and did things during the battle of Waterloo names. I never heard. And you'll kind of learn about. So even something simple like that, very easy game to learn. Maybe it doesn't totally one-to-one -one recreate the battle, but you still, I still learn stuff about the battle of Waterloo. I didn't know before I played the game. Right. And if you read the flavor text on the bottom of the card, Oh, okay. There's something, you know, short flavor text. Don't give me, don't give me a book. Right. In fact, book. uh, too much for this episode because we're getting ready to shut this one down. But I would like to talk sometime, maybe in our regular episode, how my game taste in games have changed twice over the past mm. 12 years. And I would go into explanation of what something I used to like, then I liked this, and now I like this. And my 
maturation process through the games that I've liked over the past. Do you like that word, maturation? Hey, what are you trying to do? Cook? Make strawberry uh, shortcake? What are you, <laughs> what are you doing here? <clears throat> uh, over the past 10 to 15 years, uh, me playing board games, that has actually brought me to my interest in historical games, and I can see the path that I took to build up to that interest. So maybe that's a segment we could talk about because, you know, it's our 10-year anniversary. We talk about how has our gaming chase taste changed over the past 10 years? They've become more refined like a good wine. And that's something yeah, right. that, that we can talk about. But that's kind of it. You know, we just wanted to say, here's kind of our, our we're dipping our toe into this. Here's some games that we found that helped us dip our toe into it with game mechanics, history, how it works. Uh, Twilight Struggle does not look as, as uh, uh, intimidating to me anymore because of these other games. So I kind of see how card play works. I'm delving into way deeper games now, thanks to confidence in playing these shorter 30-minute games, 60-minute games, and understanding rules and how they work. And those rules are just now expanded into the more broader games I play now. Right. And for me, I just dove headfirst into the deep end, didn't know how to swim. You did. I did. And, you know, now I'm I'm treading water and I'm beginning to appreciate it. Even as we continued or were playing games over the past 10 years, I still kept diving into the freaking deep end, not learning my lesson with games such as, um, you know, all the war games that I have on my table. One of these days I'm going to learn. I doubt it. Uh, you, you and I are both interested in the Civil War. I think you actually bought, is it Civil mm-hmm. War? Mm-hmm. Uh, I would, I would love to learn that. Uh, I know there's a lot of different, there's a lot. So those are called, uh, I believe hex, hex encounter games. Mm -hmm. Um, it, which is basically that, that very famous style of game. I said that was very intimidating to me. I would like to, to get into those a little bit more. The ones from Academy games we have played before that style Mm -hmm. of game, uh, the hex encounter type games where we need to get the little tool to clip the corners so they don't fray. I looked into that. They're very expensive. So they're not, that's (laughs) never going to happen. No. That's not going to happen. But uh, before we do that, let's just put the original Gettysburg on the table. The, oh, actually, that's a good one. Wait a minute. You never played that. You never played no, the Donna Martin Wallace. Donna said she was going to play it, you but never she never played, did. No, 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 no. You never played the Martin Wallace game. Oh, uh, Lincoln? Yes. Yeah, I have Lincoln that one, and no, I've never played it. an amazing historical game from Martin Wallace. Yes, mm-hmm. I had some Euro stuff in it, but I actually learned a lot about that from Lincoln. That's another one. I don't know if I consider a beginner game. But it was a very good historical game. Okay. But yeah, so that's it. We got Access and Allies coming up. Talking about jumping to the deep end. We'll jump straight into that. And so now that I know that you're more into the battle simulation games, I am up for it. So you just okay. t- bring a game out, teach me. I'll move my little tokens around the board. If you just teach me how to read those numbers and what to do when I roll dice. <laughs> and I'll flip them over and all that other good stuff. So... Yep. So well, if you're listening to this, hey, what's some historical games like or gateway historical games that we totally missed? Let us know in the comments or hit us up over on our Discord channel and let us know some uh, good entry-level historical games. Or uh, if you have any questions about, hey, I'm interested, maybe what what are some different types of history that you want to learn more about? And maybe some of those that are listening or watching or looking can recommend games to get into based on a period of history that you're interested in. Right. Or go hit up David Thompson or Harold Buchanan, who know a lot more than we do, and we highly recommend you talk to them. Which goes all the way back to the beginning of this episode. There are some topics that maybe we shouldn't be talking about because we're not intelligent enough to do so, but we can point you to those that can. 